The following message is copyrighted by Westminster Theological Seminary. Duplication, distribution, or other use of all or any part of this message is not permitted without prior written consent. Please direct your inquiries to communications at wts.edu. For all other information, please visit the main website at www.wts.edu. I'm going to pretend to be John Bettler today, so I'm going to walk around, okay, and uh, carry my Bible and say things to you. Part of it is because I want to ask some questions to, uh, before we look at a passage of Scripture that I want us to focus on. Um, I wanted to kind of set up myself and you with where I'm going with this by asking a couple questions so it's interactive. You've got to talk to me. If you don't, it's just dead air, and I'm kind of embarrassed. So um, I've been thinking a little bit about what we are doing here at Westminster and about the church and about the call of the gospel in life. And uh, the issue of godly leadership keeps coming up to me. And, and one of the issues that I want to ask you is, what are some qualities that you think come to your mind when I say you are preparing for godly leadership? So what does it mean that someone is going to both represent and, uh, Christ and lead God's people? What has to be there for godly leadership? Don't think too long. Just give me something. Jack? Humility. Humility. Is that what you're going to say? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, definitely not that. No. Uh, good good uh, uh, reputation. Good reputation. Humility. Yes? Strong prayer life. Yeah. Oh, my. That would wipe out half of us, right? <laughs> Strong prayer life. Yes, sir? Vision. Vision. About, I mean, I want to say a lot of... All right. All right. Godly leadership. Yes. Love for people. Yeah, that would help. <laughs> Love for people. Love for uh, people that you're trying to minister to and care for. Love for Christ. Amen. Christ only always living in me. Hunter. Uh, fear the Lord in the sense you'll be answerable for the people you lead. That's right. A real sense of that responsibility. Do I know what I'm desiring to do? And uh, do I feel that weight on me when I lead God's people. Any other qualities that come to your mind? I'm not looking for the right one. I'll give you a free lunch and all that kind of thing. But if, uh, if anything else comes to your mind about godly leadership. A person who can take care of their own household. All right. Someone who can take care of their own house, uh, have their own lives in order. Turn to a familiar passage, 2 Timothy and um, chapter 3, towards the end there, starting at verse 10. And in this context, uh, I'm always intrigued when I think about Paul and his passion for the gospel, his passion for the church of Christ and what he is endeavoring to do, uh, but, but also particularly in his pastoral relationships. Paul was a great theologian, a great orator, a great uh, driven man, but he was also a man who loved God's people and loved the people he was ministering to and working with. So here we have his letters to Timothy, and uh, here we are in the midst of Paul saying, Timothy, it's a hard life. There are great challenges in this thing called godly leadership. And when you are taking this responsibility to set up the church, uh, there are going to be people who are at you all the time. And there are going to be people who are trying to 
to tear down what you are trying to build up. It's a very challenging thing to lead God's people, Timothy. And, and that's why, you know, in the beginning of chapter 3, mark this, there are going to be terrible times in the last days. There's going to be some hard things happening uh, for you. And I think it's also important, before we look further at this, to see that Paul is talking to Timothy, and, and I think sometimes we allow ourselves to get a stereotype, which is, I'm not sure it's always very healthy, but Timothy was not just this shallow, immature young man who was, boy, Paul had to kind of take by the hand and help out. I think sometimes we create an image that little Timmy needed help, and little Timmy was making a lot of mistakes, and... Um, and Daddy Paul was going to make things right and tell him what to do and when to do it. Timothy was one who had been raised in the things of the gospel. And Timothy was one who, who was, in this context, leading God's people. So in one sense, Timothy was a partner with Paul. He wasn't a burden that Paul had to help grow this, this young punk up. He was a partner in the gospel. Paul regarded Timothy as a friend and a partner as well as one that he was nurturing and disciplining. So I think it's important for us to see that, that this relationship was not some kind of, boy, there's nobody else around, I'll take Timothy uh, because he's a nice guy, but he, boy, he needs some help. I think he was saying, Tim, you're doing great. But let me continue to nurture and remind you of the things of the gospel because it's a great challenge here. And I, I want to say to you, I think what's important is godly leadership uh, is primarily an issue of character. And, and Paul is addressing that in verse 10. I want to read just verse 10 through the end of the chapter and, and um, try to pick up on a few issues. You, however, Paul is saying, you, however, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra? The persecutions I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evil men and impostors will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I think Paul is saying to Timothy, I'm getting beat up by my reputation. People are out to tear down everything I've been trying to do, Timothy. It's a hard situation to bring the truth of the gospel to bear. Sometimes it's great. It works out very well. But Timothy, there are many times people not only don't understand and appreciate it, but there are people who are actually in the name of godly things trying to tear down your reputation and what you're trying to stand for. So Paul says, I've been there, Timothy. You're going to be there. But I want to remind you, Timothy, you know me. You know me. You know my character. 
And, and it's not like he was boasting in himself. You know, however, about my teaching. The first thing a good godly leader is, is one who teaches about Christ, not about themselves, but who has a solid teaching foundation. What are you about? What am I about? It's what we say and proclaim and declare. Timothy, you know my teaching. It's true. It's about Christ. Christ always in us. That's the hope of the gospel. But you also know my way of life. He's just reminding Timothy, I want to give you confidence, Timothy, that what I stand on and who I rest in is what I teach about. But more than that, who I live for and who I desire to honor is reflected in my way of life. Timothy, you know my teaching. You know my way of life. You know what I'm about. You know my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. You listed many qualities, and, and um, we could have also listed a lot of these. It kind of takes you back to Paul's letter to, to uh, the Corinthians, the great love chapter. What is love? <laughs> Sounds a little bit like this. It's patience. It's endurance. It's hope. There's an active passion that's driving the Apostle Paul. What drives you? What drives me? The teaching of Christ leads to the life in Christ, which leads to the love of Christ. And this is what Paul is saying, Timothy, you, I know you can get discouraged. I know you can feel overwhelmed with things and people. But I just want to remind you where you heard it from. It came from me. Christ is your Lord. And look at my life, Timothy. I'm not trying to boast, but where did, remember what Paul said in other writings. Follow me, what? As I follow Christ. Not a boastful thing. I'm striving to be true to what I know is true that has been passed on to me. This idea of persecution so, comes because as a result of Paul's character. I think a godly person who is leading God's people is a person of godly character. But it's based on godly convictions, isn't it? You've got convictions that are passions that drive you. What drove Paul? It was the convictions that made the character come out of him so clearly. But I think it's very interesting, too, that it's also important for us to see that Paul was constantly calling Timothy back to the basis of all the knowledge of the gospel, and that is in the Scriptures. That verse when he says... Um, but as for you, in verse 14, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of. And here's the key. Because you know those from who you learned it. A godly leader is someone who is constantly influencing people. And people will look to your character, your convictions, your life to determine whether your message is credible. And I think too often we separate those two. Well, as long as I speak the truth and people get the message, what I say to them afterwards, that's, that's secondary. Or how I live, yeah, we all make mistakes, but that's not as important. It's the truth of Jesus. And Paul says, wait a minute, Timothy, I'm just reminding you not only what you've been taught, but who has taught you. And then it's kind of exciting that he says, remember, Timothy, from infancy, 
What did he get exposed to? Timothy, it's all about the Scriptures. It's the history of God with his people. Timothy, ultimately, it's not in me or even your family or your friends. It's what you've been taught and the ones who have taught you. And that has come from Scripture. That's why I'm saying when I said earlier, I don't think Timothy was some kid he pulled off the street. <laughs> Timothy, remember when you were a kid and you could just about understand words? Your family was reading Scripture to you. You were exposed to the things of God. Remember those people, Timothy, and remember what they were teaching you. So when you hit the wall or you're discouraged or people are after you, remember those who taught you and loved you and exposed you to the things of God. And that's why that classic verse of 16 that we use as a great proof text, I think is, is powerfully tied in to what he just said. All scripture. Timothy, it's exciting. You know what it was like to be exposed to God's word and what you learned from that. And never get Less focus, Timothy, on the fact that all Scripture is from God. And it teaches all of us. It teaches us. It corrects us. A godly leader needs to be corrected. A godly leader is open to rebuke. A godly leader wants to grow in the gospel and wants to be taught from the Word of God. So you and I as leaders or future leaders in the Church of Christ have got to be people who love to remember what we were taught and love to remember who taught us because it will always point us to the Christ of the Scriptures. And that's, that's godly character. That's godly leadership. Because you will hit walls personally and practically in your ministry where people will challenge you, question you, and even try to tear down your reputation. But what does Paul say? Don't go after vengeance or your reputation. Remember. Remember what you've been taught. And remember who taught you. I think we sometimes separate too much this issue of objective truth. And that's the, that's the purpose and the... Uh, the epitome of the Christian life. I think Paul would say, wait a minute, why, why are you putting objective truth over here and, and those who teach it over here? It, there's a beautiful marriage of those who know the gospel and know God's word from infancy and actually live it as they teach it. That is what people 20, 30 years from now are going to be affected most powerfully by in your ministry. They're going to remember you because of what you taught them. And because of what you taught them, they're going to remember the life you lived in front of them. What's the greatest discredit of the gospel? Hypocrisy. You're a powerful person in teaching and declaring, but you're woefully inconsistent in living. Paul says, Timothy, remember what I taught you and remember my life. He wasn't saying he was the best Christian in the world, but I was striving to follow Jesus. I might have shared this with you, but a few months ago, my 27-year-old son called me and um, 
if I told you this before, just fall asleep and forget it. But he called me from um, his home in New Hampshire. My wife and I were in Target doing some shopping. And um, 8.30, the phone rings. I had this little cell phone. And it's my son. I said, Matt, you doing okay? Yeah, Dad, I've been better. I said, what's wrong? He said, well, I just feel like I needed to hear your voice. I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Dad, I've had a bad day. He said, uh, things really went bad at work. The boss was all over me, and I just don't think I handled it real well. And then I was trying to change the oil in the car, and this stupid pan, I couldn't get the bolt off the oil pan. And Dad, I tried for an hour and a half. I got so mad, I kicked the car. I'm just so upset. Dad, would you just, just remind me about Jesus? That's what he said. He said, Dad, would you just remind me that it's all about Jesus because I'm feeling bad. I just really blew it today. You don't have to preach at me. Just remind me that it's all about Christ. So for the next 20 minutes, I'm walking around Target store talking to my son about the Lord and about the things he had been taught and those who had taught him. And we had a great time of encouragement. Matt, it is hard, isn't it, keeping your eyes on Christ when things go wrong? But isn't it good to be able to talk about that, Matt? To be reminded that Jesus covered your sin as he did mine. And he loves us so much. Keep fighting. And at the end, my son said, Dad, thanks a lot. That really, it was just so good to be able to talk. I said, son, thank you. Because it reminded me of what I'm about and what I have been taught. Brothers and sisters, be the leaders God called you to be so that you can live a life that he's called you to live, so that your teaching is going to have such impact that people will call you. Just remind me of what I saw and I heard in your life. Remind me about Jesus. Do that even today, and especially as you get ready for exams. Let's pray together. Father, we praise you that you care. You have manifested the very thing you've declared us to do. You have lived among us, the Lord Jesus. You have been faithful uh, in front of us. You have taught us. And that you continue to be faithful in your work in us. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters, even today, that in the midst of challenges, both here at Westminster and in the, in the lives that they live, that you would remind them of the gospel, that you would use us to encourage each other to remind each other of the things that we have been taught and those who taught us. Oh God, do that even now, and we pray especially as we anticipate the end of the semester that you would keep our eyes focused on Jesus. For to know him is to know life eternal. Let us honor you this day, for we pray in Jesus' name. Honor.